Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture's Review, this week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Dressing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. <laughs> Including today. Yeah. I mean, well, by, well, the time, by the time this goes out, we'll probably already be doing it. Hope you enjoyed it. Or it has already happened, yeah. Yeah. We're going live midday today for a live Q&A, but we do daily video podcasts on our YouTube uh, channel, What Cool Dressing Podcast. Go and subscribe on there. And if you subscribe, you can send us questions for our Monday Q&A live session. Yeah, that's like every week, isn't it? It's the yes. one day where we don't have a video show review. Mm-hmm. So instead, we just throw ourselves to the wolves of the questions and at least one of us probably will end up going rogue, won't they, Wilborn? Mm. Over the course of an hour or so. See what it is. Tune today. in. Yeah, tune in. <laughs> See, it'll go wrong every week. Treat yourself. But we do daily wrestling podcasts where we uh, review not only SmackDown, but also the show formerly known as NXT 2. But oh, we do we Dynamite, AW Collision, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. Very good quiz, of course. On WrestleCulture, as I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review this week's episode of SmackDown and, uh, well, the sensational season premiere. Friday <laughs> Friday was a day of, um, I was going to say ups and downs, but the more I thought about it, the more I realised there was only really one down, which was initially our inability to get into work. Um, there was some essential building maintenance that started on Friday that continues now. I don't think it's bleeding through, but it sounds like Le Mans 24 hours has gone on above our oh, head. Oh, fast lane. <laughs> we have advanced from uh, literal hammer blows to walls and ceilings uh, that obviously got in the way of us working previously. Today, it's uh, it's got a bit more mechanical. The little lads have got the skips in, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so we apologise if that's bleeding through. So yeah, that kept us out of the office on Friday. Got the soundboard back though. <laughs> Thank God. Hasn't done today. Um, the soundboard would, if it was entered into it, would probably win Robot Wars to throw back to what we discussed on lots of Friday's podcasts. But yeah, an awesome day on Friday for the most part once we got over the... Um, Slight admin issues. We had a fun day working oh. around Adam Nicholas's flat. Uh, I'd have it every week, to be honest. I kind of wish I could live around his flat, yeah. actually. Um, the tickets went on sale for the What Culture Live show. Yes. And, yeah, you know, like, this sounds like um, 
plug pattern, doesn't it, that like people use to, to like try and flog the last few. This is that, but it is also true. There are limited seats available. Yeah, we sold out completely on Friday, but I've managed to have a word and get some extra ones released. Yeah, that's the bollocks bit. <laughs> uh, there are a few left. It's uh, it's a very, it's an intimate setting. We're not trying to like big this up. We're not the type of place that would say, oh, it's this big and this is how many tickets we have sold. Uh, less somebody email Newcastle City Council. Uh, but there are a few left. If you want to get them, you can. It'll be on November 21st. You yeah. can go to whatcultures.com forward slash tickets. They went on sale. For, that was kind of amazing. People contacted us Thank and let us know they bought tickets. Um, we've got Adam Blair, who's in charge of the... Uh, data. Who's going to be traveling up from London. Uh, oh. There's uh, various people from all over the country visiting Newcastle to, well, I don't know, see us piss about in a pub. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be really great. And there's a few tickets left. There's a t-shirt option, all that sort of stuff. So we're kind of riding a high on Friday, and it was probably by sort of seven, eight o'clock that I thought, as I settled in to my Top of the Pops consumption, Ooh. that the day has peaked. It has been a wonderful day, and the day has peaked, and I guess to our American listeners, it wasn't over, no. because Smackdown happens on a Friday night. Well, yeah, I've got a, got a question slash joke for you. Oh, oh, one question slash joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's kind of a unique thing. Uh, first yeah, guy yeah. to do that sort of I thing. I think so, yeah. What does this week's episode of SmackDown yep. and the builders in the What Culture office have in common? Uh, oh, can I can I get? Is this like you, you? You often miss this when Stax comes in, uh-huh. right? Me and Sid sort of have a little guess. They try and get it. Yeah, like can, can I do that? Absolutely. They're both absolutely smashing it. It's good. It's not right. <laughs> right. In a unique kind of phrase that I say. Yeah. They both are going to blow the roof off the place. Really good. <laughs> they are doing work on the roof for those. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, they need to know that part for the joke to make sense. But uh, I... Look, look, SmackDown was class. I often message you in the early hours of Saturday morning yeah. because Eric's woken me up. Two months old today. Happy two-month birthday, Eric. I better get a job soon. Yeah, I think mean, you <laughs> want to get... his way. He should be on the microphone already, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, but I messaged you so giddy on mm. Saturday morning because I thought this show was absolutely phenomenal. And it's not just because I'm incredibly biased towards Pretty Deadly. I'll tell you what it is, right? I And what's lovely is that more of this is happening in DMs than it is on, like, the timeline. I welcome people that want to have enthusiastic conversations about WWE on the timeline to do just that. But it does sort of seem like, and I get this, like a lot of people maybe don't tune in week to week or tune in for the PLEs off the back of the good reviews earlier this year. Yeah. Or watch highlight packages because it's just WWE. And I keep saying it and I just think it's worth repeating. I'm not going to keep banging this drum because you're either in or you're not with WWE. Mm. But I think if like you're not in now, you will be sad of the days when it is not quite as hot and as exciting as it is. And either Triple H has kind of fallen off as a creative force or WWE have moved forward in a different direction. Because we will, I believe, talk about late 2022 through to all of 2023 as this, like, just this... Goated period, yeah. this really exciting, uniquely un-WWE time for WWE. Um, and it's happening on an almost weekly basis. I'll tell you this, right? So we're going to do our Q&A today at 12, which, as you say, for the listeners now, is probably redundant. It's already happened. But <laughs> it'll be available as audio as well. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you'll be able to listen to it if you weren't able to join us live on YouTube. Yeah, all these new video pods will all still go out as audio podcasts. Don't worry about that. Yeah. I am... Um, I The system doesn't work. Uh, so I, yeah, I know <laughs> shocked to me too. So frustratingly, I have to pretty much bounce as soon as we've done our video one, and I'm genuinely gutted I can't preview raw. Yeah. Like I am gutted I can't like 
like I know for a fact Sidgwick would swap lives with me, even though what I said this <laughs> afternoon is related to childcare. Like, <laughs> I, like this raw card is, or I cannot wait again, and we go, <laughs> we go again. This does not slip. There is more fed, right? It's just so exciting going from one show to the next to the next at the moment. There is an energy I have as I, and I cannot believe I'm saying this still, as I load up Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Like, it's the best it's ever been in the three-hour era. That's not even up for question. It's not up mm-hmm. for debate. But it's, I think, the best it's ever been in 23 years as a product, as a whole. Um, Smackdown of two weeks ago, that finale with all the baby faces. I went online and was ready to sort of, like, I was going to say stake my reputation. That's bollocks. I have none to speak of. Yeah. But I was willing to sort of lose the credibility that I might have amassed with a few followers I've got by suggesting it was as hot as the Dallas 10-man tag because there are that many hot baby faces and that many heels. And this week on SmackDown, you saw kind of the ceiling of that by bringing, I guess, like theoretically right now, the leaders of the two sides back together again for the first time since WrestleMania. Uh. For a split second, you were shown that hot heel and that hot baby face. I want to get into that in more detail when we arrive at that. But to be able to follow up on this, everybody's class to especially the big stars, was an awesome one-two punch for SmackDown. It wasn't a perfect episode. Like, um, there's going to be things I didn't like on this, and we're going to go into it. Uh But, oh my God, like, the peaks, the peaks are sky high right now in WWE. Sky high. And there's going to be one thing that we're going to talk about that, unfortunately, was completely visual, but um, just know that uh, I'm glad there's desks in front of us to hide our raging erections (laughs) when we get to it. Um, But the show opens, God, I've missed this, with John Cena coming out for a promo train. There he is. NX. Oh my god. NXT esque. <laughs> NXT is John Cena. I you were going to say that. <laughs> he welcomes us all to the premiere of SmackDown, but uh, before he can really get into it, here comes my tribal chief. I acknowledge you. I've missed you so much. Season premiere. <laughs> I mean, I still skip forward during his entrance. But is that yeah. why you're missing so much? Yeah. Um, he's there. No Jimmy Uso, but Solo Sokoa, uh-huh. and not Paul Gray, man. Paul Heyman. I do like the gimmick that he's immediately died it back. He's, back. he's fine now. Yeah. Now Roman's back. And also, there was a bit with the Roman, give me the microphone, wise man. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> so excited to give it to him. Um, oh, I was going to say, mm-hmm. I, um, I took some time, uh, as many people uh, should, took some time for myself this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a little, a little moment of reflection. And having done that, I've um, come to the conclusion that uh, CM Punk not coming to WWE is a work. It's 100% a work yes. because there was another reference here. Yes. First thing Roman Reigns says, John Boy. Who called him John Boy? CM Punk. CM goddamn Punk. Are you suggesting that this is a work and we've nailed it again? <sighs> I'm, I, you know, I like, I like kind that. of sick and tired of being right all the time. Here on the, uh, when Smack- have I ever been wrong, especially about something like this? Well, here on the SmackDown Review and Preview... I think it's important that we insist, insist that our listeners, I'm saying going back hypothetically, well, I don't know, four years, keep every receipt of every prediction uh-huh. we've ever made. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> John Moxley, you can't see the inverted commas, but John Moxley. John Moxley. Like, this is, it's really remarkable what he's done to be able to like keep this bit going mm-hmm. for like Ambrose returns. And then we can finally like take our victory lap. It's, it's been quite frustrating having to sit on that one. Yeah. Because obviously you've got to be patient for these. It's, exams, the, it's our version of WWE's lockbox. Very much so, yeah. Like when the payoff comes, huge. It's going to be absolutely Lock huge. Lock Mox doesn't work. It, well, well, John Mox doesn't work. The <laughs> that's not true. I'm being a dick. The um, there's a spot. I don't want to speak it into existence right now, but I think one of these days we're in Mysterio. 
uh, might find death by electric chair, and I will leave that there. I will seed that. Did you see the Logan Paul calling him out after the boxing the weekend? I did. What a worker. That's happening, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, don't watch the fight. The fight was dreadful. I heard and saw, and I don't like this coverage. Like, I have sympathy for those in boxing that feel like their sport is going to the dogs. I get it. Like, look at it at the moment. But I think it's just nice that it's finally admitted that it's a bigger work than wrestling. Yeah. Like, it was that for all those years, mm-hmm. but it was trying to hide that it wasn't. Now, kind of everybody knows. I went to see, I remember once see Anthony Joshua mm-hmm. box in Birmingham when they were, you know, when they like pad their records. Like, yeah. you still have to fight boxers and they're not going to throw the fight. But yeah. it's like, you're Anthony Joshua. Look at the size of you. Look at your amazing skill. We're going to have you fight Steve. Yeah. And, just, and I'm like, is this bloke going to be all right? It looks like he's been like lead, led to the gallows, basically. <laughs> I remember watching that and thinking, right, that's just that's just a squash match. That's mm. booking a squash match, basically. Yeah. Totally. Um, I learned that with yep. uh, Prince Nazim Hamed's ITV oh, run. Oh, Prince Nazim. Oh, my God. When he was fighting on the big fight live on ITV for free, it was like, jobber, 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 jobber. And then once he, he was like 25 and 0, it was like Sky said, thank you, and just took <laughs> him. And then he was on box office at like 15 quid a shot. Oh, I get, I get business now. <laughs> But there was a period, I will say, uh, a few years back when uh, UFC in particular mm. were better at booking storylines that they could not control yeah. than WWE were. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Reigns says, John Boy, Hollywood, if you can open my show, you better do it the right way. He tells Tulsa to acknowledge him. <laughs> and I, I forced Eric's hand in the acknowledging tribal chief, Eric. That's like, you know, those lines are... And everybody stood up and applauded. <laughs> you're like, do you know what happened, Hamlet? I, I did raise his arm in the air, bless him. He's only he's only two months old. Put your finger. And do you know what he did? He raised that index finger independently of that. And he raised it even higher than I was holding it by himself. Ask his mum. <laughs> I made a film it. Uh, he says Cena's a coward. And he only showed up because uh, Reigns had taken his leave. Cena's not the goat. I'm the goat, effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, look, we've done this before. If you, if you don't leave, I'm going to make you leave. Uh, and Cena's like, well, you know... SmackDown's already unpredictable to begin with, and then you put the two of us in the ring together. Who knows what's next? But I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm not here to challenge you, Roman, says Cena. I'm here to acknowledge you. <gasps> and put, he puts over the 1,138 yeah, days, I think it was, that he's held the title. He says, look, that's the greatest accomplishment in wrestling. And I'm not challenging you tonight because I haven't earned it. But I know someone who has. Whose music hits but one? L.A. Night! Yeah! He walks, huge pub, Mm -hmm. walks down to the ring, let me talk to you! I'm like, oh my God, life has peaked right (laughs) And I think I I saw someone explain this, because I just thought it was a funny line anyway, but I believe it was a reference from The Walking Dead. Pass. Which one? When he says, uh, pissing your pants yet? Oh, what, that, what an opening. What <laughs> Say that to Roman Reigns. <laughs> right, and I need, your, I need your help with this bit. So you can do. You can be the crowd, mm-hmm. and I'll be uh, LA Knight. All right. You're Roman, right? Yeah. You're the head of the table, right? Yeah. You're the tribal chief, right? Yeah. You're the defending champion, right? Yeah. Nana! Oh, God, what a moment. Oh. That was so good. I, I, the show could have finished there. <laughs> He says, uh, you're not a defending champion, you're just a man standing in my way. And they said, well, wait a second. How rude of me. I haven't introduced myself. Uh, I'm LA Knight. Yeah. Uh, and since you've been away, I've been proving uh, proving to everyone, whose game is it? Like, LA Knight. LA Knight's yeah. game, yeah. And Roman's face. Is, oh, Honestly, game in Hollywood. <laughs> just do face stuff. Because his face of just like, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. I thought I'd killed off everyone that people liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, look, congratulations, big whoop. 
two months in and people now say your name. But I've done things you can never dream of. Uh, who, who do you think you are uh, standing in my ring right now? And... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He squares up to LA Knight, and I take back any bad thing I have ever said about WWE production because that f***ing shot <laughs> of Roman squaring up to LA Knight, and you can see... Roman in uh, LA Knight's sunglasses, and you'll you'll uh, talk about the lore of this as well in a second. I was like, uh, literally, take all of the money that I own. I, I know the match is probably going to be quite mid, because, <laughs> but nevertheless, I was like, that is art. Yeah, uh, I so I don't. This is going to sound like I'm somehow applying more than needs to be applied to mirrored sunglasses. As I'm watching this, I was thinking, my, my, those are some, like, jam jars on LA Night this week. They were, like, really thick lenses. Yeah. Like, the mirror was, like, yeah. the lights were popping off the mirrored lenses. Like, I was honestly thinking that. Like, I, was take, I wasn't distracted, but I was taken by it. I was yeah. like, oh, this week, like, wow, he's got some new shades. He's leveling up. And, uh, yeah, when they got Roman Reigns' incredulous expression in it. So there was a magazine cover that really stuck with me from when I was a kid of Shawn Michaels, obviously, in all of his refinery. And they've put Psycho Sid... Uh, in the glasses, because it's like, if you've got to be wary of Psycho Sid, that kind of thing. And then there's a fairly famous, like, Rock and Steve Austin one as well, when Rock is in the mirror chairs, and it's like, there's only one guy that's in his field of vision, and it's Stone Cold, and, you know, the biggest rivalry ever, all that kind of thing. It's an incredible shot. There's even a, um, so, when Mankind first revealed Dude Love, and he's just, like, in all of this cool tie-dye stuff, and I was like, Dude Love, he's happy, like, yeah, he's kind of like a jolly guy. And the blistering red Roy's War logos in his mirror glasses. Ooh. And it's like, the dude has got to enter the war zone and he's got to get serious, you know? Like, it's such an effective shot uh, because you can kind of... Well, it tells a story, doesn't it? It tells a story. Like, the person that is on the other side of, of that person's field of vision is staring them down. They are... It, puts both people over. Mm. But Roman Reigns' face that was captured in this specific shot that you're talking about, I've seen one version of it where the camera seems to catch him pulling two separate faces, depending on which lens you're looking at. <laughs> he goes from bewildered to slightly aggrieved yeah. between lenses as you move across LA Knight's face. It's the shot. It is the shot now. Like, I don't think LA Knight will win the title. No. But we've long booked him as a perfect Rumble opponent. I think maybe they might be getting there quicker, you know? Yeah, like Crown Jewel. Starting to feel like Crown Jewel, um, which, again, is fine. I think we are still unsure where the ceiling of the LA Knight push is. But this was yet another moment. They made a capital M moment, and I have long advocated for them being good if your product is good. When you are moment exclusive, you are chasing the moments instead of thinking about the booking and the story and the depth this is not LA Knight getting plucked from NXT like the Toy Story grabber <laughs> dropped in the ring with mirrored sunglasses and told to go and stand up to Roman Reigns. This is a guy that's been on this very steady trajectory. The guy about, that was... About a year exactly, wasn't it? Protest voted uh, after WrestleMania when he didn't appear. You know, there's been like lots of moments now where LA Knight has been on the rise and Roman Reigns being completely absent from television is sort of perfect because he, like, he could feasibly not know who he is. Yeah. It's like... Oh, they don't talk about LA Knight and the Ireland Irrelevancy when I'm windmilling and my knob around. <laughs> like, he could, like, arguably be like, well, when SummerSlam, when he won the um, Sausage Battle Royal, <laughs> Roman yes. was getting ready for the JU so much so that you could easily see how these just haven't crossed paths. It's like, not only am I meeting you for the first time, I'm meeting you for the first time and everybody buys that you can beat me. 
Like, I am in your shades, literally. Yeah. Like, like and, and one shot isn't just all of that, but you were allowed to then go off and think all of that as a result of the one shot. It was lovely. So then Knight takes off his sunglasses, and there's a great line saying, talking like that is a way to, good way to get yourself referred to in the past tense. Nice. Uh, he says he's the fastest rising star in SmackDown history. Goes to go on, and then suddenly he's jumped from behind by Jimmy Uso, but he makes his own save because he's just looking on. <laughs> Tosses Jimmy out of there. Uh, he goes. Roman goes face to face with LA Knight after all this, uh, and Heyman's like, "No, nah, we don't do anything for free. Come on." Roman's fuming, but he leaves and then tells Solo to handle it. Solo jumps up on the apron. Knight's like, "Come on, then, let's go." Uh, and Solo just says, "We'll fight tonight and night for for those in attendance um, because there's so bloody many of them. Probably sold thirteen thousand tickets for this week, by the way. It's wild one. It's absolutely these numbers every week." Uh, and he says, uh, for those who don't speak moron, uh, <laughs> he's just offered a fight later. Uh, well, Knight's going to turn him upside down and use him like a mop. And that's not an insult. That's just a fact of life. Yeah. yeah. Did you see as well Solo um, and John Cena kind of having their Wardlow, Jake Hager yep. thing? Where like Solo basically created this barrier to John Cena doing anything and they had no choice but to stare each other down. Like waiting for business to pick up, basically. It's a money match, man. Cena... Um, I said this, I think, after Fastlane. Uh, Cena has shown his value to me, not particularly in his work or his friendship with Carmelo Hayes, but in his no. ability to elevate LA Knight the right way. Yes. Like, that, he has done business for LA Knight the right way during this run. And that, no matter what else happens for the remainder of this, I think you can... That This is how we'll remember Cena's summer, like, summer scab run. <laughs> getting LA Knight to the next bit. Uh, how on earth do you follow that? I'll tell you, with the return of Pretty Deadly. Um, the uh, lights go out. There's a spotlight on the stage. Uh, there's Kit Wilson. There's Elton Prince in a wheelchair. The voiceover <laughs> says, months ago, Elton Prince suffered a devastating injury at the hands of Ridge Holland. Doctors feared he'd never walk again. But he's made a miraculous recovery because he is Elton Strong. And Elton Prince, he's in the wheelchair and he struggled. Oh, oh, he's just... Oh, can he put any weight on his legs? He's going to... Yes, and you get the entrance, the slow-mo, the giant mirror ball. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it was good stuff. This pretty deadly. and back. So happy to see them back together. And I thought they booked this match. I saw people getting well pissy about this online. And I was like, yes. <laughs> they did exactly what they needed to do. Um, yeah, it's uh, Elton Prince, Kit Wilson, pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Uh, against Rich Holland and Butch of the Brawling Brutes. Um, Elton, despite... His injuries starts the match off with Butch, who immediately stamps on his arm. <laughs> Great. Uh, they get into it. Uh, Kit Wilson rolls to the outside. Butch hits a splash, uh, and they both, Butch and Riz the Fridge, do the 10 beats on both of them to take us to a break when we come back. Pretty deadly are in control. Um, they set up, Prince does, for uh, a 10 beats in response to Butch, but Butch cuts him off and does the finger spot on him. Um Wilson comes in, pretty deadly, take back control. Uh, Butch gets out of it, though, and gets the hot tag to Ridge the Fridge, who comes in and cleans house. Uh, and it all breaks down. Butch hits a shining wizard um, on Wilson. Butch and Wilson are fighting on the outside. Ridge Holland slams Elton Prince. And, oh, no, he's just come back. <laughs> but he's got a knee injury. He goes down. And uh, Ridge wants to take advantage. But the ref, quite rightly, he's, no, 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 no. Rest of safety is important. She's checking on him. He, come on, ref, let me. No, no. Oh, how devastating. He's just come back. 
And he's getting checked and he's clutching his knee and he's writhing around in agony. And Kit Wilson nails her on with a <laughs> kick to the head. And Elton Bridge pops up, rolls him up one, two, three. Loved this. He goes sprinting down oh. the aisle like, Oh my god. A couple of things to this, because the match was um, nothing more than, like, good front and rails. Like, there wasn't much to take no. from it until he got to the finish, which was... Uh, like, this is kind of pretty deadly's whole deal as well. They're, like, they're, in, a, in a sense, they're perfect WWE superstars because they're bookend guys. Like, the presentation as they arrive is fantastic. The thought that goes in their finishes is, super, is I was going to say, supreme and superb. It's superb. And... To be absolutely fair to this booking, I didn't see the anger, by the way, so I'm interested as to what that was over specifically. But the injury stuff might have made uh, the Brawling Brutes look a little bit dumb. But before, if you remember, before Pretty Deadly went out, this was kind of their whole deal. Yeah. They were creatively cheating. in the apron and stuff. They did loads. Like, every single week, there was a thing they would do so that every time a babyface lost, it was like, ah, I thought I had that covered, but I didn't think about that. It's an extension of... The first time you ever saw, um, you know, when Regal was using the Nooks loads. Yeah. And then the referee started checking his knee pads and wrist tape and he caught him and Regal's like, bloody hell. And as the ref was disposing it, Regal had a second set in the turnbuckle. Mm -hmm. Like, before that got really old and it became weak as piss. Like, <laughs> this is what Pretty Deadly had done. They've changed how they cheat every time. Yeah. So I'm kind of in favor of this because this is your this is your first you can't do the injury fake out now. They've cashed that one in. Exactly. But what we know of them thus far is that they'll have a couple more in the bank and at some point the babyface have got to foil them. It's basic oh, We've got a new game for Fridays as well now then. If they're wrestling we have to book the finish. Yeah. Like how do they cheat? Oh, more games. <laughs> how do they cheat? What do they do? And I, like I say I'm not sure like, I remember loving them on NXT, but it was never specifically over. Like, they had good matches there, but I wouldn't say, like, it was the great in-ring every week. Mm. I enjoy these characters way more than to worry about how good the matches are. I know that would be sacrilegious to some, but uh, I, I'm best, genuinely pleased they're back. In the best possible way, and don't this is not a detriment to either group, mm. they are WWE's version of FTR, aren't they? Heel FTR. FTR used to cut corners to yeah. win matches or isolate mm -hmm. people, but they're... In AEW, they're about the wrestling, and it's pretty deadly about the sports entertainment. I think, and I think they can. I think if Pretty Deadly's matches get more exciting, or once there's high stakes, I think when they were NXT Tag <sighs> Champions, then it started to matter more. Yeah, if they like, go after the tag belt. Yeah, they, like at the moment, it's low-card comedy concern, but I quite like that as well. Like, I talk about all the time, about what do I remember from the end of a wrestling week. Pretty Deadly was one of those yeah. things. So it was. I, I was really pleased to have them back. One of the best things to come from NXT UK, and speaking of which, what's I've got it in my mind... Uh, very exciting, and best of luck to the grizzled young mm. veterans who are now free of the bollocks of, uh, as much as I love it, of NXT. And, uh, yeah, if you're a fan of theirs, please do go and support them. I'm doing the show. They're doing loads of indie dates, and they are brilliant. And I'm sure when Zach Gibson gets given a live microphone, that is something I would pay to see. Daft, you daft, bald cretin. Oh, it's going to be so, wherever they end up, I'd love to see him in AEW, obviously. But wherever they end up, it's just, I don't know. It's one of the biggest ball drops mm. in recent memory for me in WWE, that not just letting him go for it. Like the amount of times they used to force people to be like, you're the British heel. Like, it doesn't work. No. Some people can pull it off. My best friend Wade Barrett obviously can. But I was just like, how have you not let Zach Gibson do it? Uh, it's like putting MJF in the gizm. Do you think Zach will like shave his beard into a tash just so he can like, Get in Dax's face and say, How stupid do you, do you know how stupid you look, Dax? <laughs> like oblivious to it being the mirror image of each other. I uh, was uh, giving Eric a little kiss at the weekend because mm -hmm. I love him so much mm -hmm. and uh, got a bit of, I had a bit of face fuzz. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he wasn't a fan. He pulled away. Ah. And Anne uh, yeah. Louise was like, uh, oh, you know, don't like it when daddy's got his whiskers. It's a, it's, it's a stubble. But uh, don't call it whiskers. That's what the teenager has. Uh, but then I hit her with the, uh, oh, well, in uh, two weeks, it's not going to be just. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Oh, no. But it's for good cost. Yes. Crazy. That's nice. It's November, in case you're unaware. Really good timing for the video channel as well. Yes, but... <laughs> uh, right, we go backstage. Hey, Kayla <laughs> is there with uh, Carlito, uh-huh. who uh, you'll never guess what word he used to describe him coming back to the <laughs> He's cool. Uh, and then in comes Bobby Lashley. Love yeah. this bit of lore as well that I saw on Twitter, uh-huh. who was basically saying, oh, you know, good to have you back. What an amazing, masterful, like, basically doing the wanker symbol, but not saying it. Yeah. Uh, what, what, was, what was that in the last time I saw you? I think I was beating you up on SmackDown. I saw the clip. He was kicking the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he, he stuck his hand out and welcomed him back, but Carlito didn't shake it. Instead, he said, oh, my first match back on SmackDown to be against you. And before Bobby can even really respond, a street prop is nailing with a chair, stomp him. Uh, and before uh, Lashley can take his head off with the chair, Adam Pearce and Jason Jordan, loads of uh, WWE official pi- officials pile in, and uh, Bobby warns Carlito not to bite off more than he can chew. Oh, because he bites apples and spits them. Yes! That's very clever. Um, what wasn't too clever was asking me to care about mid-2000s SmackDown nostalgia. <laughs> uh, like... You couldn't if even you can't. Then well, Jesus. this is it. Well, like just because I know it happened it doesn't mean I want to watch it again. And I feel that way about a lot of two thousands WWE. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. The thing is, right? Just because I can't be sold on this having any value, it doesn't mean that there won't be a generation of fans that are buzzing to see these two go again. It's kind of my take on Carlito in general. Like, I'd much rather, you know, when the backlash thing happened and people were like, well, "When's he coming in full time?" Like, I wasn't actually asking yeah. that question. I was like. That was actually pretty fun. Let's just maybe leave it there. Um, Carlito is, you know, this will be fine. It'll be interesting to see that, like, he's going to look a bit bigger. Like, he's going to almost as big as Bobby because he's so jacked now. Not as big as Bobby Lashley, but he's still pretty jacked. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I kind of need this match to win me round rather than get hyped about in the first place because I didn't think there was much to Carlito the first time round. But I love the LWO, and there's a cool wrinkle with... Santos and that. So. And I think that this is the thing of, yet again, you know, Cody losing the title at WrestleMania, Street Profits losing against uh, the LWO mm-hmm. at Fastlane. Mm-hmm. Let it play out. Mm-hmm. The whole point is, the only reason the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley lost is because of the shock of like, it's Carlito, are you kidding me? And he can still you. We were placing LTST with LIPO. Yeah. It's a bit lipo, this. Because, like... Yeah, yeah gonna, it's gonna get they're gonna get their asses kicked eventually. This, yeah, it's this, a fair fight when they know what they're up against. The Street Brothers and Bobby Lashley are gonna kick AS, and this is not they're not already dead in the water simply because they lost their first big trios match. Yeah, I don't want to like suddenly turn this into a big referendum about how you're supposed to enjoy wrestling because we've gone long enough talking about how much we love this anyway, and we've done. I've had enough referendums show. for a lifetime. Thank yeah, you very much. but it does. It's, it's it's just worth saying, I think, that we've like come through this era of every sort of dream match and loads of in-ring classics and all that, that there is a sense that like people are starting to feel, I don't know, just maybe me, but like people are starting to feel a little bit like uh, exhausted 
mm-hmm. why just great matches, just incredible match graphics, all this sort of thing. It, it's ne- wrestling's never just all been about wrestling for me anyway, but I know for some fans it was, and then all of a sudden you started getting all of these matches. Never in my life will I get hyped in advance for Bobby Lashley versus Carlito just written down in front of me as a match. Uh-huh. It's not my guys really. I like Lashley a lot, but not in this pairing. However, I am engaged in the story of the current ongoing story of the LWO. And I do, there's a little bit left to me that wants to see if like the Street Profits can prove themselves to Lashley or not. So I'm watching for that. Yeah. And to your point, like, I, I mean, I'll let it play out in WWE anyway, but it's here where it's like, you know what? I'm not madly on the hook just yet, mm-hmm. but I'm going to watch and see if I can get there. And I think that's what this like last sort of six, seven months is, is giving me the chance to do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So after this, uh, the LWO are tending to Carlito. Uh, Bailey comes in like, what's everyone doing? I'm trying to set up a party for EO. <laughs> and Selena Vega's like, give some fucking respect. He just got murdered by the Street Brothers and Bobby Lashley. They get into it and uh, Postman Pierce goes, should we have a match? Yeah. Yeah, fine. You uh, can tell he's D-Mob happy and he nearly knows he's going to have a new job, can't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last day at work. <laughs> um, and then we go backstage into the Bloodline locker room. Oh, my God. Roman Reigns, Bloodline are all in there. And he's like, Jimmy. Uh, throughout the show, I was like, he's going to kill him. Mm. Well, I know we've, we've had him and they've been in the ring and they haven't seemed to do anything, but he's going to just snap and kill him. He's like, Jimmy, what the f*** are you doing, mate? <laughs> and he says, oh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be like tribal chief, you know? I'm calling plays when you're not here. He's like, oh, so you think you're the quarterback, do you? <laughs> he's like, uh. He goes, well, if you're the quarterback, what are you going to do? He's like, let's get Jay. He says, hey, Jay's in the past. He doesn't matter. The titles matter. And Jay running around with Cody Rhodes, just a slap in the face to me, slap in the face to our existence. And he says, uh, Jimmy, you handle that. I'll call the plays. And Jimmy goes, yeet. <laughs> and Roman says, don't like that. And they fist bump. They've got yeet over. I really like that. I really like that Roman doesn't like yeet. Like Jay saying it and kind of encouraging Cody to treat himself to the odd yeet. Like... And only now, because they used to do this all the time, right? And you think, well, Roman's just angry, full stop. So, like, you didn't know at the time that you might have been seething about them always saying, you know, the bloodliner in your city. Like that. Mm. 
I, I love that now that's canon. Uh, this was good. I still, you know the face-off that we're both going to just lose ourselves to later on? Yep. I was a bit like, here we are now then. There's two big WrestleMania matches and we've just got to look at them great. But that was this moment of, it's time to just cut your losses with Jimmy Uso because they were losses and enjoy this because they they f***ed it. And, but, <laughs> but they've unf***ed it. Yeah. And more power to them for that. Exactly. That's... That's about as much as I can compromise on Jimmy Uso, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. Bailey versus Selena Vega. Uh, Bailey mocked Vega's height like she'd never met her before to start this match. Nothing, by the way, just on this, sorry. Nothing Bailey could say about Selena Vega's height was illustrated as well as when Big Daddy Cool Charlotte Flair came out to make the save. And heels. Like, wait a minute. Are you trying to make a point, Charlotte, you're the biggest woman in this division? Because I, like... Like, is there any reason why? I get it, right? I get it. It's like, it's almost fun to like sort of say, look, there's women of all shapes and sizes in our division. Here's like Zelina Vega down there. Here's uh, Charlotte Flair all the way up there. Down where, sorry? <laughs> down there. Okay. Down there. I uh, I can't think of any other reason on the show why Charlotte Flair would want to look tall <laughs> or taller than anybody. Can't can't see that at all. I will say Triple H did a nice bit of Tom Spurrier seating by making him look huge. <laughs> yeah, stood next to him. Uh, yeah, so they get into it. Bailey goes for a Bailey to belly, but Vega countered and hit a bottom rope six one nine. Like that. Uh, you think that'd be more awkward, wouldn't you? Because you think you'd need the, the fresh air yeah. that Ray has to like put his hands and stuff in place, but she drilled her with it. Um but as she's setting up for the sort of second half of that, Dakota Kai distracts her. Uh Vega hits a meteora though, gets a two count. EO Sky distracts the ref again, so Vega gets rid of her. Bailey takes advantage of this, nails her with the rose plant, gets the win. Um, damage Katara will go to beat her up post-match. But, yeah, Charlotte runs in in heels to clear the ring. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was fine. Like, uh, I was kind of... I was campaigning rather desperately for new blood in this women's division. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily feel like I was given that with Zelina Vega because she's just been pinned. It'd be different if she was going to say, you know what, I lost to Rhea Ripley, but I think I can go again. And yeah. giving Eel a serious challenge, she can't do that now. You can't sell me on Zelina being the next challenger. So, not here. Uh, what's that? Oh, they builders done something. Oh no, it's just Papa H cooking because here he comes to the ring. <laughs> Triple H, yeah. uh, he bigs up the fact they're on their eight of Crown Jewel. And then you got Survivor Series and says, uh, the, it all starts here at the season premiere of SmackDown. Um, Postman Pierce is in the ring, by the way, mm -hmm. and he describes him as one of the unsung heroes of WWE. He says, over the last three years, he's done an incredible job as a WWE official. Uh, he's done the the work of two people effectively on Raw and SmackDown, um, and it's a job no one person should do alone. Uh, and he's getting a promotion. He is now the general manager of Manarao. What was he before then? Admin. Did did he have a title, Adam Pierce? I don't know. In their weird hierarchy thing, because a promotion to like one show instead of two feels babysitter. Like, I don't yeah, know. Like, it's weird. Like the sort of was he like the acting. Director of authority of both shows. Yeah. Now he's strictly a general manager. And in the WWE, someone still needs to make that map, don't they? Like all them daft titles we've had over the years. What's What outranks who? Yeah. Because Triple H is kind of basically saying, because I can put you in that slot. I'm the, bo like, I'm the boss. I'm yeah. the real quiz. <laughs> um, and he says, and now we've got to have a new general manager for SmackDown. And here comes Dirty Dom. Give him the job. <laughs> he, uh, he gets booed out of the building. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think from what I could sort of pick up. He talks about Judgment Day getting screwed out of their tag titles. Uh, Hunter's like, I, I can't hear you. Um, and he said, how is it fair that they were getting a tag title match tonight when 
for Judgment Day have got one on Monday. By the way, hang on one second. Just double check. Yeah. Luke Cullen. <laughs> Thank you for your tweet over the weekend. Who's already got told us he got irritated by his dad. <laughs> Luke Cullen's Judgment Dad. Great work. I, do you know what? I want more on that. Well, let us know a bit. I want a bit of context. Let's add a bit of color if you wish. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear like how your dad dropped that one in. Uh, so Triple H is like, I genuinely thought they uh, pumped those booze in, but now I'm here. And uh, it's a nice touch. It is. Uh, but he says, look, uh, shut up, Tom. Um, <laughs> I'm here to bring out the new GM of SmackDown. And that GM is Nick Aldis. I guess that's sort of a reaction, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but Aldis comes down. I think it's a nice appointment, this. And I think I think Andy was telling me it was Ibu who called it that eventually Aldis is going to be like, I'm going to have to take my tie off and kick your ass. Yeah, possibly. I think so. Um, and he did have a nice opening line to immediately endear himself to the audience. He shakes Dom's hand and says, hey, big fan of your dad. <laughs> Got him. Um <laughs> uh, he said his first official act as GM was was complete, completing the trade, obviously, that Cody made a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody obviously got Jay to, to Monday Night Raw, but that means that SmackDown gets someone from Raw to come there. And he goes to introduce this new SmackDown roster member, but Dom cuts him off and says, I don't care. Uh, I'm going to slap the taste out of whoever this new SmackDown star is. And it's revealed to be one Kevin Owens. Oh, my God. Which, oh my God. I know, right. On the surface, if you're not watching on a regular basis, you think, well, brilliant, he's gone from red to blue, mm-hmm. big whoop or whatever. You we'll get into it. why this you is awesome it. in a second. Blue shirt, um, he walks down, immediately hits Don with a stunner, uh, and you get the, the lovely moment with Aldis raising Kevin Owens' hand. Um, he cut backstage, I'll just do all this in one go and then mm-hmm. get your thoughts. Roman Reigns is shaking his head. He's like, for God's sake, <laughs> now Kevin Owens is on my show. Jay and Cody are running around on my show. And Jimmy Uso is sat on my couch. And he, he does the spit take with the water because he just sat on his couch drinking his water. He's like, what, what are you doing, Jimmy? Uh, you just sitting around here doing now after saying you're going to sort all this out. And like, there's this death stare from Roman. And Jimmy's like, uh, uh. ask goes a bit. Yeah. Are, are you serious? Roman laughs in that terrifying way that he does and goes, no. <laughs> but imagine if I was. <laughs> uh, and Jimmy's like, I'll, I'll go and deal with it. And he calls Solo with him and he's like, stop doing that. But also, I want to give a nod to the well of Jimmy going to walk in front of Roman when the camera's there. And he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> no one gets in my shot. This was brilliant stuff. Oh, a lot to unpack. Uh, overlapping storage out the air for Kevin Owens. So I'll just do Nick Aldis first. There was echoes here of when Shane McMahon introduced Mike Adamley in between <laughs> Batista and John Cena, and he went, hey, Dave. Uh, it's kind of like confused silence. Like, Aldis, I can't quite decide if this was the, the right or the wrong way to introduce him because in a backstage setting, you're less attuned to the fact there should be a pop. Yeah. So if he appears backstage and there's no crowd noise, that's... I know you still hear the crowd sometimes, but that's all right, isn't it? Because he's in a he's just there drinking a normal drink in a yeah. normal office. So, like, that might have been the way to go. But I will say this. By putting him out there and kind of eating the potential they were going to eat, knowing that he wasn't going to get a huge reaction, they then immediately had him be responsible for, like, a big moment. Yes. So it's okay to have to kind of, like, earn your pops. Yeah. And in WWE law, Nick Aldis hasn't done that yet. Like, we all know what Nick Aldis has done in wrestling. This is, you know, like we know we can speak about every organization, despite what we go on like sometimes. This is not a WWE-sponsored podcast. <laughs> like, Nick Aldis has done plenty to generate a reaction amongst a certain set of the fan base. But it's a bit like Triple H bringing up some of his NXT hires. If you weren't watching or if you don't know, yeah. like, 
then you're not going to react. They aired a Dragon Lee vignette around this time as well on the show. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. They like, need to do that sort of thing. Like, we've talked about the Johnny Gargano non-reactions, mm. and that's Johnny Gargano to a section of the fan base, the WWE fan base, no less. He's, like, one of the biggest stars of the and 2010s. you're introducing an admin character. This isn't the fifth person on a War Games team or no, something. No, I am not mega-hyped by Nick Aldis, but... Uh, and I say that as somebody that's, like, seen his matches as well, and I think he's... Like, I wouldn't say he's the most exciting hire, but then as a result, I'm kind of more excited that he's a GM because it's almost as if, like, when the time comes that he might wrestle, you're kind of going to be, like you say, he's going to be forced into it. He's going to take off the tie. Some heel's going to coax that out of him. Yeah. And typically that makes you want to see that because you exactly. want to see if this guy's still, can he still go? Can he still, like, he's not even that old, but he's going to be presented now as, like, an administrator. And this the story when he does wrestle is going to be, like, what has Nick Aldis got? What, 36? This is what I mean. Like, he's two years younger than me. And he's out there, like, being presented as this guy that's more of an admin guy. And some young punk is going to test him. And then when that happens, as we saw, I guess, with Cody Rhodes, in the right context and the right story, Aldis is great and super legit and super believable. So they'll just buy the time, I think. And I think in that respect, I don't think he's a terrible appointment. Um, and I'm going to let it play out. Uh, like, with Aldis, I'm going to let this one play out. Doesn't excite me now, but that's not to say it won't excite me in the future. So what does it excite you, though? Kevin mm. Owens. Oh, my God. Right. To your point, and I was glad you said this, for people watching week to week, do you remember when the trade competition first happened and we sat in here and I said, everyone's saying Cody Rose, and I think it's going to be Sami Zayn. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. Because I said it's going to tear a friendship apart, and it's going to be the first time that the babyface is going to be like, right, we're not Drew. We fine, Jay, but it's really enough. Like, and that's kind of your fault too, Cody. And everything's fine, but you've really up here. <laughs> yeah. Like, this locker room needed him, and the Judgment Day have now got a numerical advantage over us, and that's less than ideal. And Roman is going to, like, now try and use his powers on SmackDown to try and take him out while he's this isolated figure. And they haven't gone with him, they've gone with Owens. So I'm taking, like, half a victory lap. Yeah, I think it's fair I'll, enough. I'll go, I'll, I'll go halfway to Good Brews and back. I won't, go, <laughs> I won't go the whole way. I haven't had my coffee. But, like, that's kind of the story they're telling here. We wondered aloud why... They were doing the let's give Zane and Owens the shot they deserve on Raw rather than wait until Crown Jewel. Now we have our answer. Makes right? sense. Like yeah. they have, they have, ha they've done that match. Owens and Zane have lost, and then the trade has been completed and overcomes Kevin Owens. Loved Roman Reigns' immediate reaction there because if there was one guy, like I don't, like I'm going to use this term as a compliment, even though I know it was a brutal insult at the time. Kevin Owens will probably like it. This is Roman Reigns' nugget. Yeah. He cannot flush Kevin Owens, right? Those, like, last this year's Rumble, that epic scene with the beatdown, the Rumble from a couple of years ago with the handcuff botch, like, the steel cage <laughs> match, all the times when Roman just could not, like, permanently get rid of Kevin Owens, right to the point where Owens and Zayn reunite and take the belts off the Usos. He just cannot get rid of Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens will not stop fighting as per his gimmick. I could well see them going there again with a brief singles feud, and, like, again, if you're not watching every week, people will go... They're doing Roman and Owens again. But if you're watching week to week, this makes all the sense mm -hmm. in the world. Meanwhile, we are going to see the first little flourishes of tension probably between Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, Sami Zayn and Cody, right? Like Sami Zayn on Raw tonight or very soon should be like, well, I'm glad you asked actually because I'm not best pleased that my tag team's been broken and my best friend's been taken away. Like, it's one thing when we've got the belts because then I can go on any show I want. Mm -hmm. But I haven't got the belts, have I? You two have. And it's like... It's all worked out pretty well for you guys, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, it's like, uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Sammy. But like, let's pull it together because War Games is coming, right? It's like, right, fine, yeah, I'll pull it together. I'm Sammy Zane. I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy. 
Meanwhile, over on SmackDown, Kevin Owens is less of a good guy. <laughs> and, like, he's going to kick some ass and he's going to do the right thing by the good guys and he's going to try and beat the bloodline and blah, 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 blah. But he is somebody that, because the tag team champions can float, will probably be thinking, yeah, I saw what happened with Sammy and Raw. I'm watching. I'm not dumb. I'm the one guy that talks about the dumb rules of this universe. It's so thrilling to me that there can be these hot baby faces that can still have other issues and other sideways things going on. There are so many overlaps with these characters. Roman is pissed with Jay and Cody for having the belts and bringing Kevin Owens back into their life and is sending Jimmy Uso, a guy he doesn't even trust and respect, to have to try and do something about it while looking at him going... You know, this wouldn't be a problem if you just never lost the belts in the first place, yeah. dick, dickhead. Like, this goes right the way back to WrestleMania <laughs> when, quote, I did my bit by beating Cody Rhodes. Like, that's what he's saying without saying because, excuse me, was there subtext on SmackDown? Like, <laughs> I, I keep saying it, golden era. Yeah. Like, golden era we are living through. It will be gone soon. Just thought it was genius. Really, really great. Uh, so Nick Aldis is backstage. Here come the uh, women's tag champs, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. She's talking about, Chelsea Green, this is, uh, new belts, Italian leather, and all that. Uh, and all this is basically like, uh, anyway, a star's here now. Go. Uh, <laughs> Charlotte Flair walks in, and he says, look, I saw what happened at Fastlane. Uh, you kind of got screwed. You had the visual win, obviously, which means next week you're getting a, a singles match for the world title against EO Sky, which is kind of what we predicted, obviously, mm -hmm. on the preview. And Charlotte turns around. There, it's the newest arrival in WWE, stood with Triple H, making him look huge. Yep. One Jade Cargill. Oh, my God. They go face-to-face, -face and Jade says, and they're like, oh, yeah, Jade, Charlotte, Charlotte, Jade. Jade's like, it's my pleasure. And Charlotte's like, oh, it will be. <laughs> Got it. Brilliant, again. Continue to build, as I say, like at the moment, Jade Cargill is being built to mythical proportions, and one assumes that in the performance center they're trying to... Uh, just make sure the work is at the level of the build because if you've never watched AW in your freaking life, it doesn't matter because you know Jade Cargill's this massive star. Yes. Like, they've built her incredibly well. The face-off was fantastic. Uh, can't fault this at all. think it's funny, right? Was going to go into footed on Triple H being like, you know, you could let Aldis have that. You knew this was going to get clipped. Maybe it would have benefited Nick Aldis on his first night to be in the middle of that. Like, but to your point... For Triple H to shrink himself physically in order to like highlight how big these are, it's like score draw, actually. And he got a little bit of a moment later. And he did, and he did. So it's all right. Like, yeah, like I, I know no presentation of Jade Cargill continues. I just wish someone had called who Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso faced for their um, tag title oh. open challenge later. Listen to the SmackDown preview podcast. You think it's just nonsense about robot wars? There is occasionally <laughs> wrestling analysis buried deep within it. Aten Dan Ander had answered the challenge on social media, I do believe. Uh, so Cody Rhodes starts it off with Grace and Bloody Waller. Um, Cody dominates, obviously. It's Cody. Yeah. Uh, and then if Jey Uso comes in and Grace Waller decides to headbutt a Samoan, and yeah. that goes as you would expect, Jey Uso popping and locking, <laughs> bridges him to the floor. But uh, a blind tag brings in Theory for a backbreaker, uh, and Uso gets Jimmy Jey Uso. Sorry, gets posted as we go to a break. When we come back. Aitan, Dan Ander are in control. Um, he, Uso keeps firing up and getting cut off. Um, Waller hits that nice second rope uh, elbow drop for a two count. Cody gets a hot tag, runs in, wrecks everyone, pummels theory, power slam, disaster kick. Uh, Waller gets thrown out, tries to do that awesome rolling stunner of his, but he eats a disaster kick as well. Uh, that allows theory to come back, though. Uppercut, uh, cross-legged neck breaker thing. Jay Uso has to dive in to break up the pin. And then he just starts firing off super kicks left, right, and center. Uh, and they hit the Cody 1D, which always looks bonkers with what it does to Cody. Yeah. Please be careful. <laughs> uh, 
and Cody hits the crossroads on Austin Theory. One, two, three. They retain the tag titles. Yeah, not much to this other than a, a token TV defense to show and remind you that they can be there. And, you know, we're going to get to in a minute why it's class that they can be there. Um, attire stuff that I'm probably making up in my own head. Um, you know, Cody always has these varying. I think it started life as the Peacemaker ones in AEW, but he's kind of just taken them on as his, like, American Nightmare, like tights now, hasn't he? Indeed. And like, uh, what's right? And God bless the United States. I love it. <laughs> These ones are my favourite yet because they were like this all black and red variant. And I thought it was just interesting that like on his first night on SmackDown, knowing who was going to be there, we just went with bloodline colours. Like I kind of felt like that was a bit of a, a bit of an old flexky yeah. from, from Cody there, knowing who potentially he might bump into. And potentially he did. Well, yeah, they walk they walk into the back celebrating their win afterwards <sighs> when out comes uh, Jimmy and Solo Sokoa. Yeah. And then here comes Roman Reigns uh, to stare down Cody Rhodes because, as I've said, from the moment WrestleMania 39 ended, they have not forgotten this. This has been the plan all along, and it was the right call to not have Cody win the title. And guess what? Th- got three more E's on the tweet, baby. <laughs> There's a stare down, and Nick Aldis, new SmackDown GM, mm-hmm. walks up before he can a- kick off because everyone's just looking, going, oh, my God, there it is, your WrestleMania 40 main event. And he just says... Not tonight. Like, hang on. Oh my God. Yeah, well deserved. Like, I want to put over here. So, like, look, the moment was what it was. Everybody's already seen the screenshot. Like, you've already had your own thoughts about it. And look, it's illustrating two massive WrestleMania matches that they're going to hold off in one shot. And it's that's really impressive. Like, let's just take a moment to be like, you've just put, like, two of your face-offs in the same shot. Oh, yeah, Jimmy and Jay were there, I should, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's friggin' October. Like, I used to ask for this around Survivor Series. Yeah. Like, like I used to say that's how it should be done. We talked about this. I said it last year when Triple H first got the job. I was like, judge him from now. Let's start having a look. And then Survivor Series had that amazing last five minutes of War Games to get you on the road. I honestly feel like uh, the game's doing it again. This was... All of that, but I just want to, because everything else about this kind of like stands up for itself, I want to isolate Cody Rhodes for praise here because we talk a lot about Roman Reigns pulling the right faces and Roman Reigns as an actor and how much, like how in those, in the glory days of the bloodline, I would say this time last year, you had to watch the segment like five times because you mm-hmm. had to watch every single member individually acting. The reacting was more fun than the acting. Yes. Right? With The, the bloodline was that hot back then. This was a bit of that. Because at first, you kind of like your eyes are darting everywhere because you've got at least four people, if not more, to look at in this shot. But Cody just takes you and he tells so much of a story. He has his Vietnam flashback moment. Mm-hmm. He shows this, he shows this like vulnerability with a look because everything is pretty swell. But just like when Michael Cole tried to needle him on, yeah, it's not a story though. Nice one, you're winning the belts, but like, come on. Like, and then it was, Cody was trying to, like, not no-sell it, but he was trying to play it off and be like, hey, Michael, like, just give us a night. Yeah. Like, this was different. This was, like, they all know that these belts aren't the story, and, and you know this isn't the story. And the worst thing of all is, I know this isn't the story. And it's not Roman, it's not Cody kind of doing a John Cena thing here and just, like, laughing it off. It's not even Cody doing a Steve Austin thing and just being like, well, Steve Austin would punch and fight it. It's Cody being like... Oh, geez, I've got to win the Rumble again. <laughs> like the, mm-hmm. And I've got to face him again. Like, for the first time, Cody has shown doubt because he didn't need to going into WrestleMania last year. I was never, and I will continue to not be a subscriber of this facing adversity narrative, but I think it's very important at this point where me and you have our Mega Powers handshake on WrestleMania 39. Not because I agree with the finish, but because my argument at the time was you are measuring Cody losing 
against about 20 years of Vince McMahon pushing the middle finger in your face like it's Eddie Kingston and John Moxley on that table <laughs> at Wembley. He has booked like an antagonist for 20 years. So when you see your faves lose, it's not a, catch me in 12 months. It's a, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck your mother while I'm at it. Like, sorry, I don't know why I said the second one and sent it the first, but that's how it feels. Like, I, I was Vince there because I was basically like, hey, I'm not going to swear. Yes, I am. More work for Willowboy. <laughs> that's how it felt when your baby face suffered. You weren't getting the happy no. ending. This was that, moment of Cody within the fiction oh, this this is what this is everything I wanted do I want it amazing amazing stuff told the story get me to war games I think I want Roman in it now I think I've pivoted yeah. from Jimmy I'd like maybe give me a look at it I don't know I don't know like when we get another one of these uh, but I won't be saying no neither one because I'm desperate for one oh. uh, this sold the rumble this sold Cody's having to go back to back in rumbles this one shot. Um, they set up next week's show. Not only is there a WWE Women's Championship match, but uh, Santos Escobar versus Montez Ford. Perfect. You see Santos shooting on Logan Paul? No. Well, I think it was on X. I think I saw it. Where he was like... Uh, is he defending his dad? Kind of. But he was like, who do you think you are going on screen and asking Rey Mysterio for a title shot? And it's like, that means two things, Santos. <laughs> it's, oh, it's nice. Uh, and then it was time for the main event. It was Solo Sokoa versus L.A. Knight. Yeah. Um, Sokoa controls early because look at the size of him. Uh, he lifts Knight up for a suplex, but Knight lands on his feet and hits a neck breaker, but only gets a one count. He tries to lift Sokoa. This was kind of the story of the match, but uh, this time Sokoa's too heavy. and Sokoa nails him with a chop. Um Knight clotheslines Sokoa over the top, though. They spill to the outside. Knight goes for a suplex on the apron, but Sokoa cuts him off and sends him right into a ring post to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, Sokoa's working on Knight's neck. Again, he goes for a body slam on Sokoa, but uh, Sokoa just fell on him. Mm -hmm. Always loved that spot. Yeah. Uh, that gets a two count. Sokoa also hits a belly-to-belly -belly for a two count and a hip attack in the corner. Um, throws him to the corner again, but uh, this time Knight counters with a bulldog from the second rope for a two count. Um, Knight runs at Sokoa, but Sokoa hits a Samoan drop for a two count. Uh, this time when Sokoa runs at Knight in the corner, Knight moves and Sokoa nails the turnbuckle. Um, Knight hits a clothesline and a DDT and just stomps on Sokoa. He hits a running knee. Um, Knight, goes out, Knight gets out of a lift from Sokoa and finally manages to hit that body slam. He hits that LA Knight elbow of his um, and they both hit the ropes and... Uh, Take each other out with a double clothesline. Here comes Jimmy Uso to slide into the ring, but before he can get involved, John Cena runs out to make the save, hits Jimmy with an AA, celebrates, turns right around into a Samoan spike from Solo, who celebrates and turns right around into a BFT from LA Knight. Yeah. One, two, three, celebrates. He's pinned Solo Sokoa with a distraction, but nevertheless, he's pinned Solo Sokoa. LA Knight celebrates, the crowd are popping, they're showing the replay, they cut back, he's doing his pose on the turnbuckle, and he jumps down, turns around into a spear from Roman Reigns, who stands over him, holds the title, and says, I am a legend in this game, you are an overnight success, and that is the show, shot that ends the show. Brilliant. Fantastic. Look, we'll do the match first. The match was like a best of the Undertaker DVD set burning in a house fire. It was red hot and mid. <laughs> like, 
the action was nothing to get excited about. And yet everybody gets excited about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I got excited about it. The, the crowd were just coming unglued for LA Knight's comebacks. The last, um, like, before Jimmy Uso arrived, when he had that, like, last reversal sequence leading up to thinking LA Knight was just going to beat him there and then, like, you were watching friggin' Steve Austin winning the world title or something like this. It doesn't not matter that LA Knight still has this, like, relatively low in-ring ceiling. But it is so hot that we would be stupid not to stick along, like, go along for the ride. I don't think he's going to win the title whatsoever. I don't think he, I don't want him to either. I want Cody Rhodes to finish the story. Yeah. That should be the overarching thing. And yet, over the weekend, I'm watching clips of LA Knight hitting the BFT on Roman Reigns at a, a, a live <laughs> event, and Roman Reigns fizzing, cutting a promo on him, saying, you will... Exhilerating, man. Exhilerating. This is, so, and as well, like, the book in here, I want to compliment it, because LA Knight pinning Solo Sokoa is a huge, huge feather in LA Knight's cap, mm -hmm. right? They used to, and Solo's been pinned twice. Is that right? Cody Rhodes and LA Knight. I believe so, yeah. Right. So they have made me now think that the logical move is to book John Cena versus Solo Sokoa for Crown Jewel, maybe? Maybe, yeah. And have Cena beat him and have these selection of winners that have beaten Solo and have them all team up at War Games and Roman like, don't let me down again, Solo. Mm -hmm. as, as if like he can't do any more to impress his tri tribal chief and he happens to have been pinned three times in a year's run where yeah. he's bailed Roman out every single time he's been there for him. You could develop like Solo pinfall law out of this mm -hmm. or they're just using him as a guy that is like a marker. If you pin Solo... Yeah, you've you've been strapped, brother. Like that's like keep him as a as a protected entity in that regard. So that was like I thought that was really thrilling. I thought this wasn't getting a finish. Yeah, I assume once we hit the runnings, we're getting a DQ. But again, this is like trust the process, let it play out stuff. This because if you're doing all the overbooking of the runnings and then still delivering a pinfall, that's effectively how AW brought finishes back mm -hmm. in 2019. They were steadfast in their belief that you don't use DQs and countouts. You use the drama of pro wrestling, but you have it go one, two, three, because there's nothing wrong in a guy getting beat once in a while. Yeah. Like, so this is that. This Again, if you're going to copy homework, copy the good stuff. If you are bringing Punk back, like, you have to work the sheets like they're doing at the moment. And, you know, mm -hmm. you've, got, you've got to make it count. Love the booking. Love Roman Reigns getting the last word, because flashing the pan is a risky strategy. Um, but the components here are... Yeah, the <laughs> components here are well set up for it. Roman Reigns should absolutely think LA Knight is a flash in the pan because, whisper it, LA Knight's a bit of a flash in the pan. Yeah. You have to convert that into being the real deal through being a, quote, flash in the pan for like a year, two years, three years. And now, in, in, not that I want this to happen, but now you're justified in not having Roman Reigns on SmackDown for a few weeks. Why would he, why would he show up to the show, Paul? I've dealt with my problem. And LA Knight can be on each show going, I'll show you I'm yep. not a flash in the pan. Mm -hmm. And he'll cut these awesome promos, give him plenty of time, talk himself into a crown jewel match. What's he, like, as far as, like, WWE rules go and title shots, what's he not done at this yeah. point? There's, like, there's probably one task left. He's beaten Jimmy uh, in the tag match with John Cena. He's beaten Solo in a singles match. Uh, he's stood down Roman Reigns in a verbal spa there's not much else to do that lines you up for a title shot. And then he plays Roman Reigns at his own game because... Which game I'm, is it? It's Knight's game, yeah. If I'm such a like, non-issue, why would you not give me a shot, yeah. Tribal Chief? And then, then you're on your way. Like, I think they're rushing it, personally, but pff, Lippo, baby. I'm going to let it play out. Just adored this show. <laughs> like... Strong stuff. Like, str this is it, right? I know, probably, dating back years, like... 
we're, we're fed heads a little bit and predisposed to like use the Bailey and Sasha example. It's kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. It's WWE's worst product in the world in 2020, and it was probably dating back to like 2017. Where I was like, this is this is too bad. Like mm. this should be cancelled. If it's clutching at straws, aren't if it was we, a TV yeah. show, it would be cancelled. And you're watching this one feud that you like, and just <laughs> hoping that they don't screw it up. That's no way to experience five hours of original no. run program in a week. This is just a strong product. Like I would totally get if you don't watch it. Why stories wouldn't make sense to you? Because newsflash, slick. Like if I only tune into one episode of EastEnders, I'm going to need catching up on who what all the characters are up to. But when you tell a story well, suddenly it makes sense. You need mm. a brief explanation. Oh, yeah, like, he tried to kill him. Well, I'm in there. Like, that's all it should take. You are now reaching the point where these shows are strong and stand up for themselves. Yeah, I don't know how you have a season premiere for a show that never ends. Mm. No, yes. But in terms of a, you know, what a classic American season premiere is of, like, here's all the characters, here's the directions they're going to be heading in this series. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, like, I suppose in terms of introducing uh, Nick Aldis and, like, setting up the big, the next big matches, I guess, it did sort of have that, uh, like, a table setter. Yeah. That we talk about with AEW post-pay-per-view when it's like, like a lot of programs are concluded, on we move. Wrestling does benefit from that from time to time. This was, oh, gosh, should we do Raw now? Should we just run straight into the Raw preview? <laughs> should we buzz? Imagine going downstairs and say, oh, we just knocked out the Raw preview. He'd, like, he'd be over the moon. <laughs> Yes, that is coming your way later on today, uh, as well as the AW. Freaking, freaking Gunther and Bronson Reed for a bail. Oh, my God. It's, I'm excited about Bronson Reed. What's my problem? Judgment Day fighting for the tag titles. Oh, well. my God. But, yeah, me and Sid, will talk about that later. We're also going to review AW Collision, and we are just about to go live on our new YouTube channel, the What Culture Wrestling Podcast, uh, to answer all your burning wrestling questions. Uh, this will probably be out after that, but... Mm. You know, if you want to go and watch it, you can go back and check it out, and we'll do it every single Monday, so don't worry about that if you've missed We're it this week. We're sneaking up for people that miss the individual reason of the week. If you want a little nice digest in one Ooh, compact video yeah. on a Sunday, the Omnibus is going up. Do Americans it. know what Omnibus is or what it means? It's a collection of the weekly broadcast packaged neatly together if you choose to enjoy the whole thing one after another after yeah. another. Uh, famed in so this country sh- for watching Hollyoaks on a Sunday when <laughs> you were stinking hungover. Um, all five episodes of that nonsense packaged neatly together. But yeah, it's there for you. It's, uh, it's a little... We're, gonna, we're just going to try it. We're going to yeah. experiment with things, see if you like it. Uh, aye, if you're not catching up week to week or you have to wait a few days to, for the spoilers and all that and you're not with us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday... Yeah. Just there, tucked away on a Sunday for you as a little treat. If you work in a pub or a restaurant or a bar, stick on the tellers before your boss realises, <laughs> and then we at least get the click off it, and people wonder who those three douchebags are on the screens. Four. Stacks, stacks might show up. Of course, yeah. Imagine eating your roast dinner, and then Stacks is just there screaming down you. I want that now. I want to see that, and I want to take the family out for a Sunday dinner, and like have the kids look up, Dad, what are you doing there? What am I doing there? <laughs> Uh, whatculture.com forward slash tickets if you want to go and get yourself tickets to our live show. Not many left. On the 20th. All bullshit aside, not many left. On the 21st of November, whatculture.com forward slash tickets, as I said. Um, and let us know your thoughts on SmackDown, on X, at whatculturewwe. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at whatculturewwe, as I said. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us. And we... We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.